yo, 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 welcome to the show, this is Chris to Chris, the only podcast that promises to fix your life, and then probably does not fix your life, we're gonna give it a shot though, I am your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by my producer, audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world, Mike is in the building, say hi Michael, let's do it, now you might know me from YouTube, Chris vs. the World is my comedy channel, Laser Lemming is my gaming channel, uploaded.com brings them all together like one great big happy family. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this show, Chris to Chris, for new episodes every single Friday. We are all over the internets. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher. We are there. We are there. Just subscribe. Give us a rating, like a, a good rating, if you really want to help this show, and I would appreciate that very much. Today we got a great show for y'all. We are talking Exotic Cats, Doomsday Preppers, The Uncharted Movie, Ghostbusters 3, and a whole lot more. But you know what? You know what? Mike, have you ever heard of a Savannah cat? No, I hate cats. Wrong. It's a hybrid cat. It's what you get when you breed a domesticated cat with a serval cat. That's a cat from Africa. You get this badass giant house cat. It's like having a mini leopard in your house, except this cat won't try to rip out your throat when you're sleeping. Because of this, I'm in a pickle. You see, it turns out that I absolutely need to own a Savannah cat. My wife isn't too sure though. She said that she saw a video of a Savannah cat opening up some closed doors all by itself. Doorknobs, not just like the handle, like doorknobs, just wiggling it, opening it. Personally, I see that's a positive thing. I think it's cool. You say, hey, Whiskers, or whatever you name your cat. I would never, never name my cat Whiskers. But you say, hey, Whiskers, my hands are full. I just brought in the groceries. Could you get the door for me? Meow! And it just opens up the door for you. Plus, you could take these cats for walks. Like a dog, I think. And you could probably ride the cat because it's, it's big. Sounds like the perfect pet to me. I just need to figure out how I'm going to get my hands on one of these things. I'll need to do some research. But in the meantime... We've got to move on to the tip of the week. This week's tip is be prepared. Just like that Lion King song. You guys remember that the Lion King? They're doing the remake this year. But back in the 90s, they had the Lion King, and we we had the, the cassette tape, the soundtrack on cassette. It was a green cassette tape. This is something that only 90s kids would understand. We played the hell out of that Lion King cassette. My mom was probably sick of it. My favorite song, I, you know, there was Can You Feel the Love Tonight and Hakuna Matata. But my favorite song from The Lion King was sung by the villain. Scar was his name. He, uh, he had, he had the, the cool black hair. And uh, he sung, sung this song to his hyena homies called Be Prepared, you know? Be prepared to take down the kingdom. We are about to run this bitch. And they did. I mean, you guys know. You guys know. The rest is history. This is in the history books where when Scar took over the Lion Kingdom. And uh, yeah, that that is not related to this story or this tip of the week. But I just thought you guys should know that uh, my favorite song was sung by the villain. So anyway, I was looking for news stories for this week's episode, and I stumbled upon an article about this twenty-seven pound bucket of macaroni and cheese being sold at Costco for $90. Now you might be thinking, what kind of sad human being is ordering a 27-pound bucket of macaroni and cheese? You might be picturing some kind of loner that has a seriously limited taste palate. I know I was. 
but it turns out that couldn't be further from the truth. Smart people are buying this bucket. When I first read this, I thought it was 27 pounds of noodles and cheese mixed in together, something that you would finish after a long night of crying. But I was wrong. I was dead wrong. For $90, for only $90, you get 180 individual servings of mac and cheese-like powder. It sounds like I'm doing a commercial for this thing. I wish. I wish. But I gotta tell you folks, this is not the product for the lonely man. This is a product for the doomsday prepper. I know on a Venn diagram that doomsday preppers and loners that only eat one thing might have some overlapping qualities. But hear me out. I'm actually starting to think that doomsday preppers are finally going to get their time to shine. Any day now, this whole world could go to shit. We could wake up in some kind of Mad Max situation. Government's gone. Societies in shambles. You guys seen Mad Max Fury Road? It's practically a documentary, especially out here in California, where we don't have any water. Now, granted, I'm saying this. My California listeners are going to hear this and think, yo, uh, we just got flooded this last week. But if you look back at history, we almost never get rain. We almost never get rain. It's a rarity these days. We're begging for another El Nino. But like I said, the whole world could, could just go to hell in a handbasket. And then what? Then you guys will all be knocking on my door, begging for me to share my 27-pound bucket of mac and cheese. So this week's tip is to be prepared for the end. We lucked out with Y2K, but we've still got plenty of chances to weather out this apocalypse. And I say we weather it out together, meaning... Go get yourself a couple of buckets, 90 bucks. That's like 50 cents, 50 cents a serving. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Granted, you're going to be miserable by your, by your 20th, 20th day of mac and cheese. But at least you'll be, you'll be well fed. You won't be hungry. So go ahead and be prepared, just like you were Scar from The Lion King and you got a hyena audience. Anyway, let's move on to video game corner. And in this corner, the Uncharted movie has a new director. Again. You guys know Uncharted. Uncharted is a famous video game series that started on the PlayStation 3. It's a, it's an adventure game starring Nathan Drake. Just going on adventures, stealing treasure. He's a He's a thief that's really into uh, history and museum artifacts, essentially. So, uh, very popular series. They've made four of these games. Actually, really five. They did a spin-off game a couple years back. Pretty fun. I, I enjoy the Uncharted series. You know, a lot of people like to, to hate on it, saying, you know, it's not, it's not enough of a game. It's too much of a movie. But, you know, I play, I play game games, too. But I, I, sometimes I like to just be a part of the movie. And so you you gotta you gotta live an eclectic life. You gotta have tastes that that span the ages. Anyway, Dan Trachtenberg is uh, signing on to direct this movie. He's best known for uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which, by the way, is unequivocally the best Cloverfield movie. There's been three Cloverfield movies, and this is the best one by far. So. If you're going to get a director 
of a Cloverfield movie to direct your Uncharted movie. You pick the right one. Now, he is going to be the fourth director to add his movie, or add this movie. He's going to be the fourth director to add this movie to a list of things that they almost made. This movie has been in development hell for over 10 years now, but if Bad Boys 3 can finally start filming, and it has, if Bad Boys 3 can finally start filming, anything is possible. I've been looking forward for Bad Boys 3 since before Bad Boys 2 came out. And, you know, it's just been years and years of never happening. But finally, somebody stuck a camera in front of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and they said, yo, hey, you guys are on camera. You better start saying some bad boy stuff. And they did. So now, all you gotta do is do the same thing with Uncharted. However, there is a twist to this story. Last year, Sony announced the brilliant decision to make the movie about a young Nathan Drake, starring Tom Holland, that guy from the new Spider-Man movies and the Avengers movies. He's playing Spider-Man in all of them. He's playing Peter Parker slash Spider-Man because he has range like that. And earlier I said that the Uncharted video game series is uh, an adventure series, but what it really is, if you really want to boil it down, it's a modern Indiana Jones. It's, it's Indiana Jones taking place in the modern day. And Sony, they say, Sony says, they says, we've got to shoehorn Tom Holland into another project to keep this gravy train rolling. And we don't want this kid stepping, stepping out on us with another studio. We don't want him talking to Warner Brothers. We don't want him talking to, uh, to uh, Lionsgate. We want him sticking with Sony. So we need to have a project for him. So now, now we've forced him to make the young Uncharted movie. We have the adventures of young Indiana Drake. Stupid. Stupid. Now, some people are listening to this right now and thinking, or saying to themselves, or saying to me out loud, angrily, oh, Chris, they made a TV show called The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. But I ask you, I ask you, I implore you to listen to me here. Would you care about the adventures of young Indiana Jones, if that was your first introduction to the character? No, of course not. In fact, the adventures of young Indiana Jones was a show geared towards kids. That's how you do it. You make a movie with adults in mind, and kids want to be like the older kids or be like the adult because it's cooler, and then you make the show geared towards the kid. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't make the movie about a game series that's been about an adult or adults and say, hey, it's about a kid now. It's about a kid. And people have defended this idea saying, well, you know, in the Uncharted games, in the third game, in the fourth game, there's been some flashback scenes where you actually play as a young Nathan Drake. Yes, little flashbacks. Did anybody say, hey, you know what? These flashbacks are great. I wish this entire game was me playing as a child. No. The reason you enjoyed the flashback in the first place was because it was a slice of life. And then you jump back to reality where Drake is hanging out of a train or something. That is my soapbox on this movie. <sighs> Nobody said. Nobody said. You know, these are good. But you know what would be better? Seeing Indiana Jones as a 16-year-old for two and a half hours. No. 
Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing who the next director of this movie is going to be. So, it's pro- <laughs> history says this movie's never going to get made. And the, the people who uh, made the games don't seem too excited about the movie either. They're saying, you know, like, why? Why? The games are good movies on their own at this point. But uh, I digress. I digress. I've got a lot of digressing to do, and I'm doing it right now. Another uh, quick little video game news. Uh, last week we talked about how Activision and Bungie were splitting ways, getting a divorce. After that news happened, Activision's stock dropped 10%. So take that for what you will. You know, I don't, uh, I don't celebrate that, but I don't. I'm not mad that these fools are, are taking a hit either. Also, EA, EA Games. They've uh, canceled their open-world online Star Wars game. And uh, Disney could not have licensed the rights to Star Wars to a worse company. Anyway, (laughs) I think we've had enough uh, chippery video game news. I got uh, an update for you guys on uh, my Savannah Cat. I've actually run into a bit of a speed bump in my quest to get this cat. See, it turns out that Savannah Cats are really, really expensive. I I looked into it while I was talking to you. And uh, there's several different breeds of Savannah Cats. There's F1, F2, F3, F4, F5. They name them like uh, races. The F1 Savannah Cat is really where it's at. Those cats have more serval cat DNA, which means the more serval DNA, the bigger your cat, okay? You don't want to end up with an expensive house cat that's small and has spots. What's the point? You could just get a a small house cat for much less, for free, even. But these F1 Savannah cats cost a fortune. I looked it up, and if you find yourself falling down this rabbit hole, you'll find out that you spent 20 grand on a cat. So I'm in the process of starting a GoFundMe page for the noble cause of helping me buy a $20,000 cat. Now I know this money could go towards buying a home or feeding the poor, but I really want this cat. And I'm sure all the poor hungry kids around the world would understand. So we'll check in on my GoFundMe page later to see how it's doing. But in the meantime, I think it's time for the news. A man is paying $1,500 a month to rent out a studio for, guess what? His two cats in San Jose, California. Uh, This 43-year-old bag of walking cash named uh, Troy Good had a daughter, or has a daughter, that uh, moved away to go to college. As you do, right? She couldn't take her cats with her, so they stayed home with dad. And he clearly didn't picture his life going this way and decided the most logical thing to do was to rent the cats their own apartment. Obviously. You know, th- just to be a dick, this guy could go to somebody else's house and say, yeah, this is a pretty nice place, but it's not as nice as the place that my cats live in. $1,500 a month to rent an apartment for your cats is something that we all have to deal with at one point or another in our lives. And this guy is just doing the most logical thing you could possibly think of. 
1500 bucks, you know, two months. That's $3,000 for a studio apartment for some cats. Just because you don't want to look at these cats. You know, this guy must have really just hated these cats, right? Now, how much did this fool hate these cats? Because as soon as his daughter left, he, he must have really loved his daughter and really hated these cats. Because as soon as they left, or as soon as she left, so did the cats. He said, okay, I, I love this girl. I can't, I can't just kick these cats out. She, she'll know. She'll know. She'll say, put the cat on the phone. I'm not, I'm not good at imitating a meow or a purr. You know, you can imitate a meow. You could do a, a halfway decent job doing a meow. You can do that. But to imitate a purr, man, you got to have some skills. You got to be able to vibrate your larynx. So this guy just said, you know what? I'm not even going to fake the funk. I'm just going to rent a $1,500 a month apartment for these cats. In other news, the Williamson County Sheriff's Office in, uh, I believe, Texas has a hot new take on slowing down crime. That take is cardboard cops. Last week, Sheriff Chody tweeted a video of traffic slowing to a crawl thanks to a cardboard cutout of an officer pointing a radar gun at drivers. Pretty clever idea. They've uh, placed these cardboard cutouts in school zones, but they're interested in polluting the entire county with the cardboard men. I personally think that this is an excellent idea. I love the idea of slamming on my brakes because I saw a fake cop. Very, very, very good use of everybody's time and money. Sheriff Chody uh, seems to like the idea, too. He said to uh, Fox 7 News, this is going to keep the community somewhat guessing, never feeling comfortable that they can speed in those problem areas. I, I think that people are eventually going to start catching on to this scam. If I was a cop, I'd be checking my union agreement pretty closely. You never know when a recycled box might be coming for your job. Right? Right? These, these cardboard cutouts might be doing too good of a job. And all of a sudden, they're thinking, hey, we're paying you 70 grand a year. 70 grand a year. You know how much that cardboard cutout costs? 200 bucks. Tops, right? Two, I don't know how much a, a thick cardboard cutout of a cop costs. 200 maybe. I feel like that's on the high end, but I'm not into the, the whole cardboard cutout scene. Actually, I had a roommate that used to, uh, he had a job temporarily as one of those guys that spin the sign on the on the corner, the sidewalk. You know, when tax season comes around, they got the, the people dressed like uh, the Statue of Liberty spinning the sign or or uh, the, the guy spinning the sign for a Metro PCS, that sort of crap. Anyway, they let him go. And they replaced him with like a like a flagpole or something like that. So, I mean, history repeats itself, folks. Cops are catching on to the idea, or, or at least the city is. You know, a, a great idea often kills jobs, just like the advancements of robotics is going to destroy the livelihoods of so many people. So just something to ponder. Another quick little news, Ghostbusters 3. That's Ghostbusters 3 for the Gringos. It's finally happening. You know, last, uh, last, uh, what was it? Last, not last year. I was going to say last year. It took me a long time to get the wrong sentence out. But uh, two years ago, 2016, Paul Feig directed a Ghostbusters reboot that 
really nobody wanted. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of divisiveness over the fact that he chose uh, four women to, to headline it. It wasn't a mixed gender cast, as you might expect for a, a modern Ghostbusters, but uh, I, I saw the movie, and I didn't think it was awful or anything. It was just, it was just very forgettable. Forgettable. It's just something that, you know, like, it was passable. It was a competent movie. But near the end, I was dozing. Like, I, you couldn't keep my attention. So they they said, you know, that wasn't popular. It, it, I don't think Sony made any money on it. They couldn't even release the damn thing in China because China has laws against uh, movies about the supernatural. So they they lost money on it. And they had planned to do all kinds of spinoff movies. And they just canned all of it. They said, okay, okay, we're going to give you what you guys finally wanted. What Dan Aykroyd has been begging for for 30 years now. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll do an actual sequel to the original Ghostbusters. And we don't know anything about it except for some, some rumors here and there, which is that uh, the new main cast of Ghostbusters is going to be <sighs> four teenagers. So... Sounds like uh, Ghostbusters meets Power Rangers meets Ninja Turtles. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll probably... I mean, I know Dan Aykroyd will show his face in there. I know uh, Ernie Hudson. Is it Ernie Hudson? I think his name's Ernie Hudson. I know I know he'll show his face. The big question mark is whether Bill Murray's going to show up. And I don't think... Jeez. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, Harold Ramis is going to show up because, you know... He's not alive anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. It's being directed by Jason Reitman, which I believe is Ivan Reitman's son. Directed the first two Ghostbusters movies. So there, there's something to be said there. There's something to be said there. There'll be more to be said when we actually see a trailer. But we did actually get a teaser trailer. Showed the uh, original Ghostbusters car being unleashed in a barn. Not exactly what you'd expect, but the song was cool. So yeah. That's what you got. Anyway, I think we got to move on. So, while we were reading the news, it looks like GoFundMe actually took down my Savannah Cat page. Now, the goal was for $20,000. I didn't want to be greedy and ask for more than what the cat itself actually cost. I could ask for more so that I could pay for inoculations and uh, food and that sort of thing. But no, I'm not a greedy person. So I only asked for $20,000 for this cat. But we ended up with $0 raised because, you know, that was like 10 minutes ago, tops. Why'd they take it down? <sighs> because the world isn't a fair place, Mike. Yeah. But I'm not too upset about it. I, when I was looking around online, I kind of got bummed out by the whole thing. There's tons of cats out there looking for a home. And these jerks are selling designer cats for 20 grand a piece. And I guess I'm just not into the whole breeder thing. It's got like a, it's got a weird vibe. The 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 websites they, they, they treat these cats, these living beings, like they're like they're a car. Like you can upgrade it, you know? Like when you go to a car dealership and they say, well, you know, if you get the, the LX model, you get the leather seats, they're heated, and uh, the better the better rims, etc. 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 More color options same thing with these Savannah Cat websites. They say, oh, well, you know, you can get the F2, pay nine grand. Or if you're going to get the F1, 
get that bigger cat the nice spots that's what you really want to do you get the most bang for your buck just like a car salesman but it's a living thing so scrap the whole pay for a cat idea and have come up with a new plan I'm still gonna get a Savannah cat I'm just gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way I'm gonna get a house cat like a tabby or a calico and get it to fall in love with a serval cat that way they can get married and have baby Savannah cats boom free Savannah cat well cats because they tend to come in litters but I probably don't need seven giant cats walking around my apartment so I guess I could sell six of them for a lot of money which would make you a breeder. I try not to think about the details, Mike. Anyway, we gotta move on to listener questions. This week we got some good questions. We got some good questions. Devin asks, why was the satellite called GoldenEye? Did it have a gold lens or an actual eye of gold? As you guys, I'm sure all know, GoldenEye was the movie based off of the popular N64 game. Nah, man, the game was based off the movie. No, I'm pretty sure it was the other way around, Mike. The, uh, the video game obviously came first. Most Bond movies are based off of their video game equivalent. So, why was the GoldenEye satellite called GoldenEye? Was it a gold lens or an actual eye of gold? Well... It's better than being called the brown eye. Am I right? Am I right? Low hanging fruit. I think it was an actual eye of gold. It was an actual eye of gold. It had to be. Because why would the movie lie to you? They even emphasize the eye. I mean, it's all one word. Golden eye. But the E in golden eye is capitalized. I think they're telling us something. Actually... The GoldenEye video game was so popular that multiple companies tried to capitalize on it. So, so Rare, Rareware made the most popular GoldenEye game on the N64. Huge game, right? We've all played it. We've all played four-player GoldenEye at one point in our lives, I'm sure. But EA got the rights to GoldenEye at one point, and they decided to make a, a GoldenEye game. They called it GoldenEye, like, Rogue Agent, something like that, where you play as a villain. Nobody liked it. And after that, I think it was Activision got the rights to GoldenEye, and they kind of did a, a pseudo-remake of the game, slash movie, and released that on the Wii, and then later did remakes on other consoles as well. I don't know why I'm going off on that tangent. It has little to do with it. Long answer, I think it was an actual golden eye. Actual golden eye. If you're going to put a satellite into space, especially a weapon, you want to use real gold. What are you going to do? Use uh, fool's gold? No, of course not. Of course not. you got to use the real deal. You don't cheap out. Ken asks some good questions. He says, what is your favorite question? That is a tough one. What is my favorite question? I guess my favorite question would have to be, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why? Just stop. Just stop. Nobody's going to say that you did a bad job. 
Just stop. Just stop. Why? 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 Clearly my favorite question. I get asked all the time. Why? Just stop. Why? Ken also asks, why isn't phonetic spelled the way it sounds? Excellent question. And for those that don't know, phonetic is spelled P-H. That's where they get you. P-H-O-N-E-T-I-C. And it's a, a word that, that means... Let me get the definition out, but it's pretty much uh, about the way words sound. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crank out the definition for you guys, though. I probably should have had that ready for you. It may, phonetic. It, a system of writing. Having a direct correspondent between symbols and sounds. It's the way a word sounds. So why isn't phonetic spelled the way it sounds? And the answer to that question is because English is a cruel mistress. I've been, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, that I'm in the process of learning Spanish. Espanol. Doing an excellent job keeping up with it. I've been stuck on this Duolingo learning. I've been learning. Every day I've been cranking out the Espanol. And by the way, phonetic in Spanish is spelled the way it sounds. Fonetico. Fonetico. It's spelled with an F, not a PH. I can't get mad at it, though, because... My name is Chris, but this is a secret I'm sharing for the first time exclusively on this show. My birth name is Christopher. And in Christopher, the way it's spelled with me, there's a PH where you might think there'd be an F. Christopher. So I would be a hypocrite to give phonetic too hard of a time. Although my name makes no such assumptions. My name does not pretend that it is anything but itself. I don't, my name doesn't say that this is how it sounds. Am I making any sense? Am I, I think I'm going off into the weeds a little bit too much. But that's the reason. English is, English is confusing. Spanish is easier in some respects, more difficult in other respects. Like in Spanish, if you want to be a Spanish rapper, you got it made in the shape. Every single word in Spanish rhymes with every word in Spanish. It's true. It's true. Look it up. It's a fact. Uh, Ken also asks, what is the hardest question on earth? Boy. Boy, oh boy. I thought about this. I thought about this a long time. And I mean a long time. I read it, and I thought about it, and I read it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. I thought of a lot of questions. But the one I kept coming back to was this question. What is the hardest question on earth? It turns out that the hardest question on earth is what is the hardest question on earth? Yeah, I, I spent literally 12 hours trying to think of an answer for this straight. Just 12 hours straight. And ultimately, I came down to this question. So congratulations, Ken. You have asked the hardest question on earth. It wasn't anything to do with physics, string theory, quantum physics quantum computing, nothing of the sort. It was this simple question you asked on our Up and Loaded Facebook page. Speaking of which, you guys should follow us on Facebook, at Up and Loaded. We're on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. -E -D. Also, uploaded.com. We are there. 
Also on the Facebook page, each week we have a poll. And last week we asked, how much would you pay for tickets to go to Disneyland? Because Disneyland just raised the, excuse me, just raised the prices of their tickets. And 66% of you said, I'm going to pay as much as Mickey Mouse demands. 33% said, yo, Donald Duck that place. I'm not paying nothing. Not a dime. So, uh, I gotta, I gotta give Disney credit where it's due. You know, they might not know how to license a Star Wars franchise to video game publishers. But man, do they know how to do business. They know how to, I mean, you could, you could charge whatever you want. You're Disney, you own everything. People are gonna pay. People are gonna pay. They will save for three years to go to Disneyland one time. Congrats to Disney. Congrats to Disney. This week's poll, we're asking, have you ever driven over the speed limit? Because, you know, cardboard cops are watching. So like I said, don't forget to follow us on social media. It's time for me to wrap this sucker up. Boy, oh boy. Was this a show? All right. Hope you guys had fun. I sure did. This has been episode 16 of Chris to Chris. Thank you guys very much for listening. We're going to have a great time this week, next week, and all the weeks behind us. I can ramble on and on. It's been fun. Enjoy your weekend. Or else.